Welcome to Investor Insights, the wealth management podcast where we address investor needs, help you enhance your financial situation, and explore all parts of a person's financial life. And now, the host of Investor Insights, Mike Williams. Hello there, and thanks again for joining us on the podcast. Mike Williams here, and today's episode is called Got Altitude. It's kind of a play on the got milk thing from years ago. I know it's not that funny, but it's close for someone not as funny as me. Okay, so listen, over the last 30 years of doing this, I've found that some of my errors came from not standing tall enough to see over all the weeds. Sentiment, it's an easy thing to get clobbered by. We're all wired the same way. It's tough sometimes to stand tall when the whole world looks a bit shaky everywhere you look these days. There's something to worry about. Don't fret, though. Anyone as old as I am knows it's kind of been that way, well, forever. If we get high enough in our seats and we arch our shoulders back, we can peer over the edge, though, of the apocalypse and see beyond these short-sighted fears. Keep in mind, the hurdles are always there in the market for a reason. They separate the wheat from the chaff. The consumer, you know, it's funny, the consumer speaks softly but carries a big wallet. I say we blame the weather again. I can speak for that assumption here in Chicago. We have yet to get over 70, and it's past the middle of May. One afternoon this weekend, we got close, and the streets exploded with people. Stores were jammed. Tables and waiting lines at restaurants were full and packed. The guys that parked cars were running all over the city. Sidewalks were jungles of people. If you read deeper, the latest releases show retail sales, excluding gasoline, increased 1.3% month over month last month, rising 4.1% over the last 12 months. As we noted for you in the last podcast, the chaps over at the Atlanta Fed liked the data too. They went on to note the GDP, quote, I'm quoting here, the GDP now model forecast for real GDP growth in the second quarter of 2016 is 2.8%, up from 2.2% on May 10th. After this morning's retail sales report from the U.S. Census Bureau, the forecast for second quarter real consumer spending growth increased from 3% to 3.7%. Now I have to ask you, does this jive with all the terrible sentiment? I don't think so. I told you it was the weather. Late last week, Bloomberg joined in and posted a piece called Consumers turn out to be U.S. growth lifeline after all. I love that. Lifeline. <laughs> lifeline. As though there's something wrong with an all-time record high GDP output of $18.1 trillion. I, I don't know. I cease to be amazed at how funny these guys can be. Here's what their article included. Quote, American consumers last month shook off the winter blahs in impressive fashion. Retail sales climbed in April by the most in 13 months, abruptly ending an early year letdown in spending that caused a 
first quarter downshift in the economy, Commerce Department data showed. The gain was broad-based, with purchases picking up at auto dealers, apparel stores, furniture places, and online merchants especially, unquote. Boy, oh boy. To think that we have been led to believe by the media monsters that GDP actually downshifts that quickly is amazing. But look, it doesn't stop there. Housing starts, sentiment from builders, and cars are all being bought in Europe. These are likely added elements the bears were not counting on as we approach the dreaded, boring summer doldrums. Let's take a look at some quick stats. April housing starts just out are up 6.6% to 1.17 million units on an annual basis. That's an annual average. Interestingly enough, over in the EU, car registrations were up 9% year over year with 1.27 million units in April. Driven by double-digit growth in Italy and Spain. Remember, Italy and Spain were one of the pigs. You remember when the pigs were going to destroy the world? Registrations were up 8% in Germany and 7% in France. I'll bet you all the guys looking for black swans and terrible monsters didn't expect that. Hey, uh, building data is out from the NAHB Housing Market Index by region. There was only one that had a downshift, strangely enough, up in the Northeast. But listen, my friends in New York City tell me that all those tall buildings they're racing around to build are probably bringing an overhang to the condo market. My guess is over the next 6 to 12 months, you're going to be able to get a better deal. So look out for a correction there. Interestingly enough, sentiment increased in the South. That, that matches demographics. After all, think about it. As the baby boom slowly retires, and they are retiring slowly, think about this. Not many people say to their wives, hey, honey, why don't we retire to Minnesota? Right? They usually say something like, hey, let's go where it's warm. So the Sun Belt is the place to grow for the next, oh, I don't know, 25 years by millions of households. But the good news is we got lots of bearishness everywhere, even though we got good currents underneath all this noise. Fund managers are underweight stocks. ETFs are flowing outflows. Hedge fund guys are doing really poorly. Sentiment surveys stink. The Citibank model is even in panic mode that they keep. The Bank of America Merrill Lynch uh, sell-side indicator they use absolutely hate equity exposure. They hate it like it's March 2009. And, of course, equity mutual funds continue to bleed money. This is a panacea for those who can look beyond the tip of their noses and have a long-term view of things. Let's face it, the idea that a grand portion of the audience is rampantly bullish on stocks has no basis in fact. That might not mean much right now, but it's probably going to be a big help during the summer doldrums. The calendar, though, is not in our favor much because activity is likely to be slow in the markets for the next few months. 
which historically has proven to be opportunistic for those who can patiently wait it out. A summer upset on the horizon? Well, let's hope so. Let's get prepared for it anyway. But focus on the barbell economy. The smattering of issues noted in this podcast will likely lead to a a bit more of the same price action we've witnessed since October of 2014. The go-nowhere mode is likely still ahead for another quarter or two. In the grand scheme of things, this is all good, especially when we accept the underlying strength building in the U.S. economy. We all like some of the things that Warren Buffett has said over the years, and I point one out now because time proves out the thought process. The not-so-funny part is you have to live through the time to make it obvious. These periods where markets get stuck in neutral, as we have been, meandering back and forth over the same price range for lengthy periods reminds me of something I read from him way back in 1991 in an article he penned. It said, the stock market serves as a relocation center at which money is moved from the active to the patient. I'm going to restate that quote just to drive home the point. The stock market serves as a relocation center at which money is moved from the active to the patient. Let the rest of the world grow ever more myopic. Let the high-frequency trader freaks continue to fool the regulators into thinking they are adding liquidity and let the media pound the table on one end of the world monster after another. The fact still stands, in the long run, he who trades and worries the least will end up with the most. While profitable, that fact does not necessarily make it fun. Be that as it may, one's confidence can expand and get beyond the myriad of fears blazing across the screens by staying focused on people people moving through various stages in life, doing basically predictable things as large groups. The U.S. is uniquely positioned with two massive generations growing in the pipeline to drive our future economic strength. Overlook this at your peril. Those waves of people ahead are all beneficial to the U.S. economy. As stated before, this will be as surprising to the experts today as it was in the late 70s and early 80s during the last major, quote, transition, unquote, for our economy in general. Before we head off today, I want to give you a quick note about the oil market. In late January, back uh, when we were talking back then, the, the day crude broke below $30 and quickly went to $28 and then ultimately got about a dollar and a half lower, the experts poured onto the scene, calling for $10 oil. At the time in the podcast, we noted the beginning of the end. We likened it to the chance of $200 a barrel oil in the summer of 1998, excuse me, 2008, as crude crested $145. My take was simple then. The obvious had arrived. Prices have bounced a bit since, and the rampant fears about global collapse over cheap oil, still laughable, by the way, have receded. Be that as it may, there are 
Now new calls for a quick rise back to previous levels as, quote, inventories get used up, unquote. Hogwash is our opinion. The Saudis have read the tea leaves, or should I say footprints in the sand. The future of oil is far different from its past. The stage is set for its rule of the global economy to be passed. New technologies are birthing fast and gaining strength. Let it bounce a little higher, the price of oil that is, and watch the floodgates open again. Our, review may, our view remains the same. The new pr price range for crude likely stays in the $30 to $80 range. Before the sand has settled, we are likely to find, oddly enough, the remaining oil companies will see higher profits on $70 oil than they did on $120 oil. They'll get better at doing things. That's what this pain is all about. The net result? The consumers of oil have entered a new era, one that beneficial demographic forces should help keep in place for many years ahead. Even as sentiment wilts, the news improves. As the market churn goes on, it's accomplishing what it needs to. Standing by today's title, we need to get high enough in altitude to see over the near-term garbage. Last week's fears will be new ones next week. Why? Well, first of all, they're already getting better. <laughs> Retail sales are thawing and beat expectations, and so did industrial production. We just need another quarter or two for the earnings recession round trip. A summer pause would be useful and likely beneficial for long-term investors. Again, I close with this thought. Think demographics, not economics. Hope these thoughts have been helpful. Until we see you again on the podcast, may your journey be grand and your legacy significant.